podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the big debate. I don't know. I'm just calling that as it is now. Cooper in versus Cooper out. We've got the lovely Rob with us tonight, who is going to represent the Cooper inside. And I'll be representing the Cooper outside. This is going to be a friendly, cordial discussion, and we're going to cover everything off as best we can. So let's get into it. Rob, how are you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to do this. I really do appreciate it. Rob, you're just a Forest fan, really. And we started talking in the comments from one of the videos the other day. And uh, you said you'd be more than happy to come in and and rep the Cooper side. Yeah, I think the moral of this story is if you're rude to Wolverine in the comments, you get invited on to defend yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, I do want to thank you for it, kind of joking aside, because sometimes I do feel that the conversations can get quite emotional, especially on, on the gore streams and things like that. And we have been crying out for other people to come on and hear other sides views and as always as we say on this channel this is open to any forest fan and uh we just want to hear everyone's view and that's what we've created here so guys this is gonna be a nice one me and rob have met today for the first time we tested the sound earlier out we had a nice little chat that five minute chat ended up being about a couple of hours <laughs> nearly in and just talking old forest stories and things and i think that's a good reminder so whatever side of this debate you stand just remember, we all have one common goal, and that is the best for Forest. So, hope you enjoy this, guys. Get your thoughts in. I will try my best to focus on the comments, but Rob is a very smart, intelligent man, and I might have to start, you know, um, really concentrating. It's not like listening to Dino as an ant. So I might have to see what he comes with. So, got no plans for it. But Rob, do you want to kind of kick us off? Maybe just introduce yourself to the guys so they know who you are. And then I don't know if you want to have like an opening gambit on uh, what you want to say about the Cooper in, but before you do, quick thank you to Stony with the 12 months, bro. Where's that going? Thank you so much. And uh, guys, keep the comments as well, respectful, and get your thoughts in. But uh, yeah, Rob, over to you, bro. Right. Well, I'm just a random uh, member of the public coming to you from uh, Happy Clapperville, also known as Arnold. Um, and thanks for having me on to defend Cooper. Uh, I think somebody has to. It feels like a big responsibility. But, I mean, I think the poll was this afternoon at 75% Cooper in. And I think the reason I I pop at you in the comments is because I I didn't necessarily feel that your output was representative of that sentiment overall. So thanks for having me on in the interests of uh, BBC balance. But um, now I think... Sorry, Rob, two seconds. Um, We're just saying your mic's quiet. Let me just see if I can boost it up. Um, let's give it that. Is that how's that? Just say something, Rob. Testing, testing, testing. Chat. Is that better for you guys? We're on mute. Let's say, look, you know the chat, Rob. They're gonna all start chatting shit, which is what they're starting to do now. Go on, I can hear you. Right, so I think um, the thing that would probably trigger you the most is if somebody came on and said, uh, try to defend Cooper based on his record and everything he's done for the club. 
So um, I wanted to keep my arguments kind of future focused. Uh, but that said, I think that his record does deserve a mention. So I will try and sum it up in one sentence, which is that Steve Cooper took us from the bottom of the championship to promotion using loan and academy players with pretty much zero money spent. And that probably does deserve some respect because a, a lot of other people tried and, and failed with that. But does that so matter, Rob? Just to just to jump in there. Does that matter now? And I mean that fully respectfully because I love what Cooper did. No one else could do it in 23 years. But does that are, are you kind of alluding to the fact there that that should give him some kind of credit in the bank? Um, maybe. But what I'm saying is that's not actually the, the crux of my argument. But I think that yeah. it, it is saying that. Um, and uh, so my arguments are in, in three parts. First, to get a bit of perspective after what was a very bad result. Secondly, to maybe talk about Cooper's qualities, which I think you possibly overlook in your output. And thirdly, to ask you uh, a question in return, which is what I'd call the Marinakis test. And I think you probably know what that is. But um, in terms of perspective, so, I mean, I was at the game on Saturday and um, I was disgusted and I actually booed at the end, but it was only because I was sort of disappointed. But mm. as I came to the game, I had a weird sort of deja vu back to uh, my first ever game at the city ground, which was back in 1990 in December. I had to look this up when I got home. Uh, I was in the Trent end and paid five pounds to stand and the opponent was Luton Town. And I started off standing behind Alec Chamberlain, their goalkeeper, and I was watching the game through the goal. Um, now, you know the answer to this, but I wonder if anybody in the comments can guess the score of that game in 1990 between Forest and Liverpool down at City. You'll have to give them a second because it's usually like a 10-second delay. But uh, yeah, um, let's see what the chat say, if anyone can remember that game. While they're doing that, let me grab a couple of comments here. Let's see what you're going to... Turn yourself down. All right, I've turned, I've turned my game down. Rob, can you still hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Cool, okay. Uh, Stoney saying, we live in the now. Managing doing well in the past doesn't affect our current state. KL saying, Wolverine is the most controversial Forest fan I've ever met. Not only that, but fundamentally, your, fo your football views seem skew whiff, but I keep watching. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate it, bro. Loads of scores coming in for you here. Nil-nil, uh, two-all, one-all, ten-nil, two-all. Yeah, whoever said it was two-all is correct. So it was the, the same result as this game we've just had. And I don't recall anybody calling for Brian Clough to be sacked after that game, right? Now... That was a season where we went on to finish eighth in the table and get to the FA Cup final. And Luton finished 15th in that season. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, in the same way that possibly Cluffy had a bit of credit in the bank on that day, I would say that the same perhaps could apply to Cooper. I mean, that doesn't even, that d disappointment that we felt on Saturday doesn't even register on the scale of Forest disappointment, right? I've, I've watched an 8-1 home defeat at that ground. Thank God I was out of the country for the Yeovil game. But like, even more recently, there's that stupid game. We lost 5-2 to Stoke on the last day of the season. Things, things can get a lot worse from here, right? We've got a long way to fall. So I just think that like talking about firing the manager after such a result, it just seems a bit disproportionate. It feels a bit panic button. 
Uh, and I just think it's maybe a bit soon for that. So, like, that can, part I, can I come back with two points just on that quickly? Sure. So I get what, I get what you're saying, but I think it's a bit of a stretch. If I'm being honest with you, to compare Kufa to the great man, I get the analogy you're trying to reach, but we're talking European cups. We're talking winning the league with Cluffy, yeah, and we're talking about a different era as well. I understand the analogy you're making, and and I agree that no one in the last 23 years has done what Cooper's done. So, but I do think Cluffy's way up above. I'd put him above Ferguson for me. When I argue with my man U mates, that's where I've got Cluffy. Yeah, and I, I was a kid. I barely saw the Cluffy era in my time. So I think it's a bit of a stretch to compare Cluffy with Cooper. I have seen Forest fans who have put Cooper on par with Cluffy. I personally, I'd still have Frank Clark ahead of him, for example. I think Frank Clark was amazing in his times. Um, so that's one thing. The the other point I'd make about hitting the panic button after the Luton match, I my actual stance still is I haven't said Cooper out this season. Um, but for the purpose of this debate, I am going to be Cooper out. Otherwise, it's pointless. What I would say is I don't think it's a panic button being hit because of the Luton match. It's a panic. It's a button that people are pressing because of what they've seen over the last 12 to 18 months. Let's just say the Premier League era, forgetting the championship. So I don't think it's too much. And I think things that would come under that would be his tactics, his lack of in-game management in the Premier League. He's very um, reactive rather than proactive with substitutions. All this stuff we can come on to, but... I kind of be my two points um, back to what you just said. All right. Well, um, if I might, I will just try and summarise what I think are the positive points of Cooper, because um, I do, by the way, agree with a number of things you've said, like substitutions and, you know, yeah. maybe cautious tactics. So I would say that the first thing about Cooper, and we maybe take this for granted, is that he really cares about the club, right? Now, I mean... That might not sound like much, but, you know, I'm looking here at a list of names. You know, did did David Platt care about the club? Did Gary Megson care about the club? Did Steve Cotterall care about the club? Did Philip Montagnier? I mean, I could go on, right? I mean, it's Stuart Pearce. Well, yeah, OK, with the exception of Pierce and maybe Martin O'Neill, and I'm not even sure whether he really cared about the club by the end, that, you know, you've... I feel that when something goes wrong with Cooper, he would actually lose sleep over how he puts it right. Okay, so and I think that when you backed her against the wall, as there were twice last season, he didn't give up. Whereas other managers who may be waiting for a payoff, waiting for the next job, would have checked out in the same way that, you know, Chris Newton or Mark Warburton or somebody like that would have checked out. So. I think that's part of what's got Cooper this far. And I think that that doesn't Yeah, okay, Just on that point, Rob, just on that point. And I mean this with all due respect to what you're saying and Cooper. Why the fuck does that matter? Because football right now in the Premier League is results driven. Full stop. I mean, it could I'd put Ez in charge of Forrest. He will care. He will lose sleep over it. But I love you, Ez, if you're in the chat. But he'd be shit. Right. So it, it's I'm not saying Cooper, I'm just driving an analogy there. I like the passion and I like the connection he has to Nottingham. And I think he's bonded the city back together with the club. But all that aside, does that actually really matter when it comes to if the results aren't coming on the pitch? Do, no, you, do you kind of get my does. point? I think it does. I think it translates directly into results because there were two points uh, last season where he could have given up. There was the uh, the run we had at the start of the season where we were getting tonked every game. And then mm. there was a, 
after the World Cup where all the injuries hit, and then we had that awful run as, uh, you know, and he turned it around with a home game at Brighton, or you could say that the turnaround actually started away at Liverpool. But, you know, I think that uh, a lesser manager might have buckled under that strain, but he he's very much one to sort of roll his sleeves up because he, he cares about what he's doing. Um, so the second point I would make in favour of Cooper, and you may or may not agree with this, is that he has a reputation uh, for developing young players. Um, and um, I don't think it's a stretch to say that. I mean, he managed that, uh, I don't know what it is, under-17 World Cup team or under-15 yeah. or how young they were, but it includes some of the people that we've now got on the books and they wanted to play for him again. And if you if you think back two years, right, when he took over, Brennan Johnson, he'd, he'd been on loan at Lincoln. He'd scored that one goal away at Derby, right? We've just sold him for £45 million. Now, you could say that that's 0% Cooper and 100% Brennan Johnson. You could argue that, but you'd be wrong to, to you know, if you... Not going to count that as a, a positive in Cooper's favour that he's managed to turn a, a youth, an academy player, into a 45. But he's financed all of the other acquisitions we've done this summer. I and mean, if you look at the squad that we've got now, you're hoping that the likes of Ilanga and Hudson Adoy, uh, that, that Cooper is the man that's going to get the best out of them because they were on the shelf at their other clubs, respectively. They, you know, mm. it's easy to buy in somebody at the peak of their game. But, you know, if Cooper can get results out of Hudson Adoy and Alanga, even if we end up selling them for 50 million, that's the kind of manager that you want. And I'm not sure that there's that many people out there that, that score that highly on that criteria. So on, on that point, I do agree with you. I think he's good at developing kids. Um, if I was going to play devil's advocate with it, though, I'd say looking at our current squad, from last year to this year, if we look at the start of last season, outside of Johnson, who would you say he's developed, who's now really stepping up? Because uh, people would say Yates, for example, he's not really making the team at the moment. So has he been developed? Danilo. Danilo, Cooper kind of played him in late. I don't know if you'd say he's developed him as such. And they started him in the wrong position. They were playing him too deep. So... We were talking about this earlier. He's put Murillo in. He's taken a gamble on Murillo. You, you've got that, to I'll give on. you, yeah. But that's not development. It's too early to call development on Murillo. I'm talking no. like if you look from the start of last season to this season, I fully agree with you on Brennan Johnson. Who else would you put in that category? Because one one player doesn't make a an argument, if you see what I'm saying. Paid for all of the others, though, so he does. No, no, no. I agree with that. I'm talking about you're talking about the development, which I technically do agree with you on. But what are the other examples of the development? Well, if you sack him, you'll never find out. So that's my point, right? I, they, he, he's definitely known. It's not just me saying this. It would other managers would give him credit as being a, a good developer of youth players, right? And, and the the third and final argument I would make about Cooper is that. Uh, he generally seems like a good human being. He seems fairly humble. You know, it's not, it's never about him. It's always about the team. It's about the group. And yeah, I mean, some of his things get a bit boring, like believing in the process and it's not about one man and all this kind of stuff. But, mm. you know, if you look at some of the top managers out there, you get yourself a Mourinho or a Guardiola. It's all about them. You know, the, the club is just like a small footnote in their life story, right? And, you know, you think that can't happen to us? 
we had Billy Davis, right? He's like a grade A narcissist employing his family members with his media blackout, right? You do not want part somebody... two, Billy. Part two, Billy. It was okay. Part one. <laughs> yeah, I, but like you, you don't want somebody like that. You, you do want somebody who is 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 uh, humble and doesn't think that they're bigger than the club. And you know, I think that Cooper gets that right, and that's why people. But does that life. clouds does that cloud your judgment again I, I feel that's too much of a sentimental view about cooper it becomes too much of an emotional attachment because my my criteria is what happens on the pitch is first and foremost right everything else is secondary honestly if if cooper or whoever was in charge was a prick but they were winning every game would you care I, I think it wouldn't translate into winning every game. I mean, that's the no, thing. No, no, I no. Mean, In that scenario, you've got, let's just say Mourinho. Let's just, you mentioned Mourinho earlier. So, specifically, if we had Mourinho in charge, who I agree, it's all about the Mourinho show. But if Forrest were winning every game and Mourinho is in charge, would you care that Mourinho wasn't this wholesome cuddler kind of um, personality if we're winning? Well, or would you I, would you be against having Mourinho in because we're winning? I would be less likely to defend him like I'm defending Cooper now. And I think the same... Well, why would you need to defend him if he's winning? Um, I don't Do you know. agree with me? The results on the pitch are, are the be-all and end-all. In the Premier League especially, you are judged on your results. Are you not? Right, OK. But I think that um, if somebody has personal qualities, you're more likely to stick up for them when the going gets tough. And, and the same applies to the players as well. So it translates into results on the pitch. Because if you've got managers discard the club like a used pair of socks, then, you know, people can see through that. No, no, but, but what I'm saying, I still think this is a championship small club mentality, if I'm being honest with you, that because because he gets nothing and before because he gets the club, the ethos, the history, etc., it then, from that, a lot of people, like you've just said, overlook some things that happen on the pitch. Whereas I believe that the pitch is the first thing that should be judged and everything else is secondary. It's, it's a nice to have. It's a nice to have. For me, if we were winning game in, game out, yeah, and we had an asshole of a manager, an asshole of a manager, I wouldn't care because my happiness will come from the results. My happiness about how Forest um, are doing is based on us winning. It just gives me that sense of happiness. Because it reduces my stress levels. Because if Forrest are playing well, I don't have to sit there worrying all week thinking, oh shit, we got Liverpool next or what have you. And the manager, by de facto, I become fun to anyway. I'm going to turn that around on you because I remember I've been watching your channel for many months now. And you've said, right, that uh, if you had a choice of play every game low block and win 1-0 or play beautiful football and lose a lot more, you would choose the beautiful football and lose a lot more options. So, Cooper, yes. Cooper, yes. Coming back now, saying that it's all about results, because that's not what you've been saying throughout this whole period. No, what I've been saying on that point is about Cooper specifically. I would rather see Cooper, if we're going to stick with him, progress his football, progress it into something he's trying to do now. Yeah. Now, if, if that means we have to lose some, because I know in that style of play, the longer term picture would be that we would be a lot better. However, 
I don't believe he's got it in his locker. For me, his comfort zone is low block football, grind out a result. And even when we've been playing low block football, he hasn't been getting all those wins. You could argue, you know, we've had a few lucky wins. Some I think have been brilliant. What he did Man City last year, I think was the highlight. Even though it was a draw, I think it was the highlight of him showing some great tactics. However, he cannot sustain that in, in the Premier League because one, it gets found out very easily. You just low block, people are just going to play a deeper line defense on you so that you can't get in behind and they'll continue and eventually they break you down. So what he has done over the last five games, I've applauded and I have done on the streams. However, he well, doesn't... I, I have. I have. I if you watch that, back on the stream. I think that you and the other three or four have been saying, why doesn't he play four at the back? Why does he play more attacking football? And he's come out and done it and it's not quite worked. And you've been right there to say, right, it's got to go. And I nope. think that... that it feels a little nope. bit uh, unfair. Now, I'll take I'll take issue with that. I didn't. After what was the first game he did it? Sheffield United, not Sheffield United. Who was no. it? Was no. it Burnley at home? Burnley at home? In the cut. I said that was the best first 30 minutes I saw and I said and it's on the stream after that if he continues to play like this and he can get that 30 minutes across 90 minutes, then I've got no problems with the style. But on more of the general point I'm making here is I don't believe he has the um, tactical capabilities and awareness to break down teams when we are the favorites to beat them. Like we saw against Burnley in the end, like we saw against Luton at the weekend. I just think his comfort zone is underdog against a big eight team where he can deploy his low block tactics. And to be honest, you could get any manager just to put on a low block tactic and eventually, where's the progression going to be from there? You have to be able to be where we need to be. You have to be able to beat those teams that are beneath you or around you. That's my point on that. I, would, I agree with any of that. Uh, but, you know, the big test is, does he play four of the back away from home? You know, we will see that. Has he got the confidence in his defence? I think he's still finding out who his best defence is. We've got full backs injured. But, you know, maybe he will do that and maybe he'll shock a few people. Have a, have a go. So... But, you know, if, if, you, if you're arguing, let's sack him tomorrow, we'll never find out, will we? Yeah, but what... OK, so let me ask you this. What's your argument? So if we... Let's just play devil's advocate here. If we lost to Liverpool, Villa, and we got West Ham, yeah, that would be, what, seven or eight games in a row without a win? Where, where are you at that stage of Cooper? Right, OK. So I think um, we're coming to the final part of what I was going to say here, which is there's, like, two scenarios for Cooper going. Right. So the first one is um, he's taken as far as he can. Uh, we need somebody else to, to move on from here. So, you know, no particular crisis, but like we can see that he's, he's done what he can. Like maybe Joe Worrell, for example. <laughs> but, uh, you know, thank, thanks for everything. But like we need to move on from here. If you're going to do that, you need to do it during the summer, not in the middle of the season, because things can always get a lot, lot worse. You know, look at Leeds got rid of. Well, Leeds got rid of Bielsa, uh, you know, Bournemouth got rid of Gary O'Neill. I mean, even Sheffield United got rid of Chris Wilder. You, there's examples mm, of people... Bournemouth got rid of O'Neill in the summer. Uh, okay, fair enough. But the point is, we... we And it would be a, a very uniquely Forest thing to do to find a way to turn a mediocre position into a nosedive, right? If what about... Been... What would you say about what Villa did last season, for example? Well, they were. Let's say it's it's worked out for them so far. But I mean, um, 
this brings me to the Marinakis test, right? Which is, you need someone who is better and available. So my question to you is, who have you got lined up? Throw well, for me, what well, you want names that are better than Cooper? I mean, to have to have this narrow mindedness that there's only twenty managers available in world football is really small. Because I'll give you the example of De Zerbia at Brighton. Honestly, most people probably hadn't heard of him before he turned up at Brighton. Yeah. Huh? He's not available. He's already got a good job. Let me let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. So my point here is, um, Marinakis will already have a short list of who he wants. Yeah, be it, even if he's not looking to get rid of Cooper, there always has to be a contingency plan because Cooper may decide a club may become available that want Cooper, for example. You don't want to be caught cold as a team, not knowing who's going to replace them, etc. There's all scenarios for it. So my point on that one is to think that there's only 20 managers in the world that can manage Forest is very narrow-minded because we as fans do not keep an eye on every single league. Forest as a club have scouts on every single manager. Marinakis's black book on managers is ridiculously big and ridiculously interesting. So for example, last season after the Leicester game, the name that he was very interested in was Pasta Cogli. Now look where he is, look what he's doing. Who was really keeping an eye on Celtic? So that's one example. Now, if you're talking about the here and now, I I always think the decision should be for Marinakis to make. It's not my business who comes in. That's their decision. But if you want examples of available and better, then you've got Potter sitting there. You've got Lopetegui sitting there as two quick examples. You shake your head, but Potter took a team that was Brighton in a similar position to Forest with less money invested in them and turned them into an established Premier League club and then into a top 10 team. Lopetegui, he took Wolves from bottom of the Premier League last season, very quickly to mid-table comfort. And then the only reason he walked, they didn't get rid, was because they weren't going to invest in him. Now, obviously, we know a lot of Wolves fans. We speak to them on a regular basis. They were devastated that he went because of his style, because of the way he turned the club around so quickly. So those are the two names just available right now as you speak. Now, let's just say that scenario plays out where Forrest lose the next three games, four games, five games, whatever it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Marinakis decides to pull the trigger. There, the average first sacking in the Premier League happens sometime in October. So, and usually there'll be two or three clubs that go. It creates a domino effect. If it's going to happen this season, the point here is you don't want to be the last club to, to do it because the part of the manager pool that becomes available becomes smaller. So if you're going to do it, you need to be looking further ahead than you currently are where you stand right now, if that makes sense. So that's one point I would make. The second point is when it gets to that stage where it becomes red lit and danger zone, I'm not saying it's going to be, but I'm playing devil's advocate, is that the argument to keep the manager in becomes, well, there's no one better out there currently. Let's just carry on. So that that's kind of the, the balance you have to play on that one, I'd say. <clears throat> okay, so let, let's take the example of Graham Potter. I wasn't right? looking was at you, Rob. Sorry, I still can't shake this cough off. It, Go on. Graham Potter was given a Chelsea side that had a huge amount spent on it, and he failed. So he could do he could do the same again at, at Forest. Is that what you? Is that really the best name you can come up with? I mean, I don't know. I, I could. See I wouldn't compare Forest and Chelsea. They're two different 
Um, um, I'd never like to put us down, but they're two different positions. To Chelsea are not in the same bracket that Forest are currently in. Well, look, all I would add, finally, add would you say Potter had done a bad job at Brighton? Is that what you're alluding to? <laughs> but it is comparable to what Cooper's done here. But the the point is, when you're trying to bring somebody in, no manager wants to work for a trigger happy chairman. Now, Marinakis actually, and the club got a lot of respect for sticking by Cooper last season. They were talking about it on Match of the Day. Even, you know, generally the press uh, reception to us hanging on to Cooper and staying up was positive. And I think that, the you know, the longer that you stick by a manager, uh, the, the more, um, the higher calibre people that you can attract. So the second scenario is that we do get... No, that's not true. That's not true. Managers attract their own profile of players. You will see that. Man City, before they had... Even when they had the money, it wasn't until they started to get the big-name managers in. Why do you think they got rid of Mark Hughes to start with? Because they wanted to attract players. Had they left Mark Hughes in charge of Man City, there's only a certain calibre of player he can afford. With Cooper, his wheelhouse is those kids he worked with under-17s and not the elite ones. He's never going to get the Bellingham in there. He's never going to get the Foden in there, is he? So that, that brings me to another point, which is, are we quite ready for that yet? Now, you might say yes, and you know we've spent enough money, but it brings me back to what Nicholas Randall said at the end of last season, because everyone was saying to him, like, why haven't you built the stand yet, right? And he's basically saying he wants to get the squad and the team to a point where we feel safe enough that we can take the risk on the stand. You know, he's got like a four or five year plan. And I think that we're in like year two of consolidation right now. I mean, still, yes, you're getting heavy investment in the squad because you have to, to take it forward. But I don't think, you know, I don't think we're yet at the stage where we can actually attract those top names. Maybe if we're three, four years in, we've had a lot of money invested. We've got 40,000 capacity ground. Then, you can go out there and, you know, attract like the Deserbies and the Eddie Howe type managers. Yeah, but that... Here, the next upgrade for you. But at the moment, we're not. You know, and we've got to be honest Yeah, but that's it. your perception of it, Rob. Like, your perception of it is we're not ready. What do you think Maranakis's perception of it is? Because at the end of the day, he holds the keys to the doors. Well, he's, he's part of that management team but you know that the, the chairman and the the, uh, the others are advising him on consolidation you know i mean no, I, you can... no maranakis maranakis you... is headstrong trust me on this maranakis makes the decisions he will have advisories that sit with him and talk but at the end of the day it's his money it's his club and he makes a decision but the question i'm asking you is what do you think his expectations are? Uh, well, I think like all of us, he'd like to have more than 10 points or whatever it is we've got now. Um, so at this stage, right? So I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's going to say this is this is what we were hoping for. Uh, but having said that... No, no, we, I'm talking know, for the end of this season, what do you think Maranakis's expectations are? Well, I think it... A reasonable expectation would be that we're somewhere mid-table, around you know. Between no, no, not not a reasonable one, Rob. What is he? What does he want? Well, okay, if he's deluded, he thinks that we can break into the top eight of English football. And I've got to say that if you compare it with 
you know, when I was a kid on the Clough, right, there was maybe a big four back then or a big three or a big two. There's, there's always going to be the same six teams at the top of the Premier League. And these are people, these are teams that have over the last decades... Rob, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, Rob. Investment, right? What we've invested in one season, they've had that consistently for 10 or 20 years, right? And to think that we can bust into that group and start kicking them around after one season, I think is unrealistic. And to, and to use that... Rob, it, it doesn't to... matter. It doesn't... Look, what you think is unrealistic or what I think is realistic or unrealistic it doesn't matter. You're kind of you're dancing around the question. Just mm -hmm. what are Maranakis's expectations for this year? So because it has come out and been said. What manager is prepared to work with expectations that are that deluded? Right? That's what wait, 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 wait. All right, let, we'll jump to that. But what are his expectations? Oh, well, obviously, he wants European football at the city ground. No, but, he, hasn't, know, he hasn't said that high. He doesn't. He wants to break what? into the top 10. He wants to break into the top 10. So oh, well, the I've, point here is... That's very possible this season. I mean... Um, oh, no, I've just realised why I've got... It. Sorry, Rob, one second. S sorry, my, my wrong screen jumped up. Um, let me just say a massive thank you to Andy for the three pounds. He's saying a good debate. A big shout out to uh, Martin for the 11 months. Sorry to interrupt you. Another program opened on my screen. Apologies. Go on. What were you saying? I've forgotten now. <laughs> no, I mean, look. All right. Well, um, we were talking about the Marinastic expectations. I, I guess the point I, I'm coming to, Rob. I think that's oh, still very possible. We are 10, we are what? Ten, nine games in. Uh, I don't, I think it's too easy, uh, early to call it. Yeah, okay, but it doesn't matter what my point I'm making here, Rob. It doesn't matter what you think, doesn't matter what I think. Because Callum Hudson Odoi was the one who came out and said the club's expectations is to break into the top 10. So we already have an insight into it. And Marinakis, his dreams are to get Forrest back in Europe, be it this season or next season. Yeah. And it is, it was up to no one to say that. The point here is he's invested very heavily in the club, spent well over 200 million in the last two years. And the point here is that with that much investment, if you look at all the clubs that are currently in the Premier League, you take out form, you take out management, you take out everything. If you were to look at the clubs on players alone, on paper, let's play paper football for a second. Forrest's club, I think, in my opinion, would be somewhere between 9th and 11th on paper. Probably 11th, if I'm being realistic, with the clubs that are above there. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Just on paper, I'm talking, not form or anything like that. I don't know. I think that uh, a lot of the players that we signed were not necessarily proven yet. Okay, so like I say, Alanga and Hudson-Odoi both have bright futures ahead of them, but they're, they're hardly being uh, wrenched away from a team where, I mean, you know, Sangari was perhaps the only one that we took away from a team that really treasured him and he's at the peak of his game, yeah? The the others, you, mm. you're really hoping that Cooper is going to develop them. And I, I would leave aside what we've paid, right? You know, I, I think that um, you can really get caught up in... Okay, so where would you rank the Forest squad then in terms of 1 to 20 on paper? Well, I think the jury's out on a lot of them. We haven't, we, So we haven't seen um, the Greek goalkeeper yet. We haven't seen Omar Bamideli yet. Um, so we don't know, is my point. Uh, and I think 
Cooper doesn't necessarily know. I mean, he knows more than us, but you know, he has to find out, doesn't he? As, as Billy, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'll hold Did you it? to the answer, but just on paper, looking at it, yeah. Like, like I said to you, I think Forest probably have the 11th best squad in the Premier League. Yeah, where would you roughly say? It? And people can I, hold me to that or not. If, I don't care. If you could keep Taiwo fit, I would say somewhere between 12th and 14th. But really, if, so, if he spends most of the season injured, struggling. So you would think the likes of I don't know who Wolves would have a better team than us, Bournemouth? Who? No, because there's any. You're only playing no, five no, or six teams below us. No, I mean, I would say we've got a better squad than the likes of Palace, Wolves, Bournemouth, you know, if they're all fit. But like I said, I still think the jury's out on a lot of them. And, um, you know, particularly the, the South Americans, you know, you, you know if you're bringing in wonder kids from Brazil, I mean, for example, Santos, we don't know whether he's going to be a, a, a nothing burger or, you know, once he starts getting some game time, whether he could really turn our season around. Uh, so there's there's too many variables at the moment to be making like a final judgment. Okay, so let's take the variable that he will be judged on, yeah, and that will be the current games run. Five without a win, yeah. Three very hard games coming up. If Cooper was to lose the next three, four, five games, let let's say we go all the way to December without winning, would your stance on Cooper change? Um, well, you, you're not gonna like what I'm gonna say now, but to be quite honest, I know you can say what you want, I, Rob, but it doesn't I, matter if I, I like it or not. If, if, if I owned the team, I would probably just stick with him until the end of the season, come what may, Pretty even if we same, go down, uh, even if we went down, yes, uh, because I Why? think there's uh, right, so if we go on another bad run, as we probably may at some point, he's managed. When you think about it, Cooper has dug us out three times now. Firstly, when he arrived, bottom of the championship. Secondly, about sort of 10 games in last season, when we were really getting tonked every game, you know, 6-0 at Man City, 4-0 at Arsenal. It seemed hopeless there. And he, he went back to basics and he, he got that scrappy, crappy 0-0 draw at Brighton. And he built from that, yeah? And then again, okay, but piled up last year, he turned it around a third time. So I would say if things hit a more bumpy patch in this, because right now it's just mediocre. Things can get a lot worse from here. You know, they can get really quite dark from here. Mm. Right? Yeah, if we'd lost that Luton game, yeah, that would have been a very different feeling. So I don't know. Things can still... Look, this is foreign. But Rob, I'm sorry to jump in. I've just got to put you up on that. I don't understand this logic of stick with him even if we get relegated one it will i can tell you now it will never happen if forest are in a relegation threat position or if forest go down he will be gone the next day i'll guarantee you that but why i don't get but from your perspective i don't understand that logic because what how i read that and tell me if i'm reading it wrong but the perception i take from that is that you are putting cooper ahead of forest that's my perception for it. Let me just explain why. Let me just explain why. Because if Cooper is on a trajectory to take us down... Now, they, to me, it's impossible to get relegated, but we're talking hypotheticals here. But if Cooper is on a trajectory to take us down, we start to get adrift in the bottom three. Then you are putting Cooper's needs ahead of Forrest because a change in manager could change the fortunes. Otherwise, sticking with Cooper, 
No club would do that. No club would do, regardless of credit in the bank. Okay, how many times did Southampton and Leeds change manager last season? And how, how much use was that to them? If you want to start pulling managers' examples, there are more manage there are more clubs that changed managers last season that stayed well, up and went down. Well, it, That's got it, nothing to do with that. I mean, look, the, the, what no, what I'm saying is, and I'm not putting Cooper ahead of the club. What I'm saying is, if we hit a rough patch and we drop into the relegation zone, future focused, I would be more confident in his ability to turn it round than I would be in getting somebody in from outside. So, yeah, but you uh, said if we go, even if we go down, you'd stick with him. Uh, no, I mean, look, if we went down, it would be a question of uh, the Marinakis test: who's available and who's better, right? I think. No, no, I'm talking know, about the Rob test. You're saying you'd stick with him. Uh, I would. Uh, he would be if we went down. If we got relegated, he would still be on my shortlist of managers to get us back out of the championship again. And I think there's a lot of people that would agree with that. I think there's a lot of people that would be surprised for someone to wait that long, to be honest. If we're on a trajectory to go down, and if we went down, it's very unlikely that a manager stays. All three that went down last year, I'm pretty sure, sacked their managers over the summer. We are talking counterfactuals now, because what you're basically doing is sketching out a future where things are going to get worse and we're going to be uh, in a... No, no, no. I, no what, what I was doing, I'll be honest with you, what I want to know is where do you come to your limit on Cooper? Where do I that's why, yeah, that's why I said if Forest lose the next five, six, seven games, yeah, and then I kind of extend out to relegation. What I'm saying is that you have to be realistic because after seven games of us losing, trying to buck that trend where we could be drawn into relegation fight, would there's no way in hell Maranakis wouldn't have pulled the trigger. It's impossible. <laughs> he cut Cooper a lot of slack last season. And Cooper, to be fair to him, kept us up. But there's mm. no way in hell the same thing would happen this season. And in fact, I think more people would accept the decision for that to happen if we got drawn into a proper relegation fight. Yeah, I think it would. it's actually pretty much a rerun of last season. If it happens again, it comes down to the Marinakis test. Is there someone better and available? But it, for me, the, the reason for him to go would be if we get to the stage where he's lost the dressing room and you just can see that those players are not able to, you know, not prepared to play for him anymore. Now, that isn't what happened last year. You know, last year we had those bad runs, but it was because, you know, we were out of our depth a bit. He was tactically naive. You know, mistakes were made, but you still got the, the feeling that the players were rallied around. They had a siege mentality and they were prepared to play for him. If we got to the stage where you feel like, you know, even his favourites are not able to put in a performance for him and he's clearly lost a dressing room, then absolutely that is the time to sack him. But... You know, that is possibly separate from the results because you're thinking, is this going to carry on? So, yeah, obviously everybody's mm -hmm. got to draw a line somewhere. But I think what I would turn that around and say is we are nowhere near that yet. We're I agree. I agree. But do you think, do you think Maranakis will wait for that? Because I don't think so. I, I honestly think a couple more losses or no wins, Maranakis is going to be very close. Well, you got to look, he, he also knows that Taiwo is injured at the moment. And that is a, that is clearly going to have an impact. That's injuries clear. are excuses, though, Rob. Every club has injuries. You, we no, can't hide behind them. Because reason. the reason I... But, Rob, the reason I say that is because then you could actually turn that back into the argument. 
well, did did Cooper recruit correctly if he was involved in the recruitment process in the summer, where we're too backwards heavy yeah, and not enough I, I, attacking players? Since we've had that conveyor belt of managers, like a new one every six months for 20 years, and you've ended up with the refuse, the detritus of the previous managers making up the squad, right? Ever since that, the recruitment has been taken out of the manager's hands and we now have a head coach, not a manager, right? Now, the fact that we've sold Johnson and we've basically put everything in a one-year and left ourselves light up front, I actually don't blame Cooper for that. I think that that's a mistake by the club. And if we're See, now... I think, I think you're not club. looking at it properly because that's not factually correct because Cooper has been involved in a lot of the players that signed. And there are certain players that were signed because he insisted on them. MGW, for example. Um, Chris Wood, for example, Shelby, for example, they were all from Cooper wanting to do it. So although there is a recruitment team, the manager still has a way to get what he wants in. Just before you come back, just before you come back, let me just read this super chat out. Mark, thank you so much for the five pounds. Marinakis has said uh, we we want to establish Forest as a top Premier League club. He also has acknowledged that it might take some time. Thank you for the five pound, Mark. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your flow there, but yeah, about the um, recruitment, you're going to say something. Well, I, no, I think if I, I, I agree with what you're saying. You could see which players were Cooper's signings, and to be honest, they weren't the good ones. If, you know, I mean, Ayu and Shelby, and, and and you know, the jury's still out on yeah. wood. But you you mentioned, or I, I brought up the fact that we are light up front. We really are light up front. Agreed. Origi, I don't think is it. Uh, and, you know, uh, Dennis has gone out on loan. We are exposed up front. And, you know, with the one year injured now, we could be in trouble, right? But I think yeah. that the results that we get in the next few games need to be seen in the context of that, right? If You, you know, when we had Taiwo on top form, those last games of last season, we looked like upper mid-table material, Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. the, the problem is Forest, Forest have always done this, right? We've always done this. You know, we got um, far too uh, reliant on like one striker and then they get sold and then we're shit. Like, it yeah, I agree with that. Van Hoydong. It happened with uh, Miguel Antonio. It happened with David Johnson or, or Graben. And then you take that player out and then we are way back, way back on, on, on where we were with that striker. Yeah. And we've been with the one year. And I think that I, I personally, though, I don't blame Cooper for that. And also, I will say something about why Chris. you why that's say, not fair. To... I will say something about Chris Wood, and I said it to you this afternoon, which is like I feel like we really need Chris Wood to be a success right now. Right? He, he's going to get more of an opportunity maybe than he expected. And I do feel like you know if he is watching this podcast and watching you four guys, he'd probably want to slit his wrists after watching it, right? And, you know, I, I, I feel that, I mean, the first half on Saturday, I was very frustrated with him. Like, he doesn't seem able to jump for headers. And, it, yeah. you know, he made a couple of easy chances. But, like, he actually scored the hard ones. And I feel yeah, like... Yeah, I, I agree with you, but it's diverting off topic, just to, just to bring it back on. Um, <laughs> because... I get the thing I would argue back just on the injury point, just on the injury point. Um, I'm sorry, but Cooper's not blameless for it. And I'll give you a very, um, a very early, uh, a recent example. Danilo against Chelsea. He went into that game, not match fit. 
Why the hell was he played in that game not fully match fits? Cooper's the one who put the names on the team sheet at the end of the day. And now we've lost Danilo since that Chelsea game. So the injuries, yes, they're unfortunate when they do happen, but there are certain times where silly mistakes from management have caused that injury to prolong itself, you know, and we saw a hell of a lot of injuries last season. We were the second worst for injuries. That can't all just be bad luck. So it's a question of, okay, was it because Cooper did similar stuff for what it did with Danilo? Was our medical staff not good enough? Why wasn't that looked at, etc.? So I think to to hide behind injuries is too much of a cop-out because every club suffers with injuries. Every club loses key players from their teams, you know? Um, so we can't use that excuse. And we're not having the worst injury season this season. I, all I would say is given the context of the not very good recruitment up front and the fact that a one year's injured, I'm not expecting unreasonable results from the next few games. And I don't think that if we end up not getting many points from the next few games, that that automatically means sack Cooper. I just think you've got to see it within that context. That's all. Yeah, that's fair enough. But as I said, it doesn't matter what you think or I think or what the guys in the chat think. Hi, guys in the chat. I know I haven't brought up much of your conversation, but I'm just trying to keep this one flowing. All that matters is what Maranakis thinks. And if Maranakis left on... When did we play Luton on Saturday? Pissed off. And, and thinking about potentially where it goes forward, I, I can see a couple more results and Cooper is in serious trouble. I personally would be more than happy for Cooper to turn it around to see the style of progressive football continue and develop. However, I personally don't feel he's got it within his locker to do it. And that's my worry. And then it comes down to my question, what's better for the club? Is there a better manager who can come in and progress Forrest forward quicker and better, better tactics, better awareness of substitutions, someone who's more um, proactive than reactive on subs. And I think the answer to that is yes. So I personally will always put Forrest first. I do feel in some of your answers, it's a bit of, you've become too emotionally attached to Cooper. I understand that. And I applaud it. I do. But Me it, it, it 5% of your viewers. It does. I, I wouldn't care if it was me versus the whole fan base because it's just my opinion. It doesn't matter. Um, and everyone is entitled to their opinion. But I do feel there's enough signs that I look at it and think what's better for the club in terms of where it would be for the league, in terms of the wholesome lovey-dovey feeling, 100% Cooper's the right man for that. But as I said at the start, my priority is what happens on the pitch. If Cooper goes and gets results, I'm his number one fan. If he's not getting the results, next man up, as he would say. Yeah, well, I, I guess supporting somebody means speaking up for them when things aren't going great. I mean, by no means am I uh, delighted with drawing at home against Burnley, Brentford, yeah. Luton, think, nice one, good point, that's where we wanted to be right now. I'm disappointed, mm -hmm. and actually I was most disappointed with Cooper and his post-match interview on Saturday, where for the first time... Yeah. For me, he really seemed under pressure. He was a bit shit. Uh, it looked to me like he was bullshitting when he was talking about Bolly and his long flight on Ryanair. Yeah, yeah. You... So, uh, you know, I, I think he was defending Worrell, right? And I think he's got to develop a bit more of a ruthless streak and he's got to not defend Worrell. I mean, when mm. McKenna fucked up against 
Sheffield United, or was it was it Burnley? Sorry, the goal the dis- disallowed goal against Burnley. You know, Cooper said, um, "I'm more worried about the defending that went into the the build up to that." And McKenna's mm. not playing since, so he's, mm. he's got that the streak in him. He needs to develop it more, right? So you know, I could I could easily present the other side of this argument. I could talk about the mistakes he's made. We were talking yeah. about this 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 afternoon twice last season. We finished the game with ten men because he used up all three substitution phases and then someone got injured, right? He did the same thing two weeks apart. I've been annoyed with him myself, right? But the point is that, uh, let's stay future-focused. I think if Marinakis was watching this right now, I would say 75% of the fans still are behind Cooper. There's a chance that you could bring somebody in, Graham Potter or whoever, and things could turn from mediocre into a nosedive and then for the rest of the season, you've got the ghost of Cooper there, you know, and every time we lose a game, people say, oh, we would have yeah. won that under Cooper. We won that last year under Cooper. Can we get Cooper back? If we go down, will Cooper go back? And then Cooper could end up managing some other team and doing well there, yeah? And then we That's all hypotheticals, yeah. The, the only thing I'd say about that, you're saying 75% of the fans are saying Cooper in. Does that mean 75% of the fans are right? And does it also mean that 75% of the fans or 100% of the fans have a say in this? Because they don't. No, but I don't think, let's say Chris Uton's approval rating wasn't that high. True, so it must yeah, count. Let's not talk about him, yeah. <laughs> Bring up it's those scars, yeah. Yeah. Now, I think this has been really, really fruitful. And I do, Rob, appreciate um, you coming on and having this chat. I think I think it's really interesting to kind of get both sides of a perspective of it. And I hope, chat, you feel we've been respectful to each other. Rob is such a lovely bloke. Like I said, we've had a chat backstage and honestly, such a nice guy. And, you know, this, this is the thing I, I think in this whole argument, Rob, for me, the thing that probably frustrates me the most about the fan base is that a lot of people can't accept someone having their own opinion. I fully accept your opinion that you want to back Cooper, that um, you would stick with him, you know, relegation, whatever your your final closing thought is on that. That's your opinion and you're entitled to it. What I And, you know, my opinions are my opinions. I don't understand why people can't just allow people to have their opinions and try and force their opinions on each other. So for me, this has been really fascinating to do. And I can't thank you enough for doing this because at the end of the day rob you've got all that forest stuff behind you and so have i all we care about is our club doing the best it can do whatever avenue we're coming from we're, we're trying to get in the same directions the same um you know same road from different directions so you know i hope this has been like a real good eye-opener to a lot of people that it doesn't really matter what your views are and here on this channel you just let us know and we'll happily have you on um, to have these kind of debates. And I'm just looking at the time, Rob, and we've been nattering away for nearly an hour now. I don't know where that's flown by, um, but it's been absolutely fantastic. So I, I kind of want to give you the the final words um, as, as you know, the prestige guest on the channel. And thank you again, because you, you I say, you, you know, you're just, you're not a YouTuber. I know you do a lot of Zoom calls and stuff offline, but this is kind of probably a new experience for you. And I highly respect that. I really do. Because it's not easy just sitting here with the chat being, especially our chat, especially our chat, <laughs> the way they're babbling away in the background. And I want to say a massive thank you from me because honestly, I've got so much respect for you coming on. And I just want to pass the same 
um, thing out to the rest of the guys. If you Cooper in, Cooper out. Look, if you guys like this type of format, I don't know, we've called it the debate. Maybe we do a random debate or whatever the hot topic is um, once a fortnight or something where we get one of you guys on to have the chat. But I want to give you the last few minutes as the guest. I'd like you to have the final say, mate, and kind of close your remarks. Like It's almost turned into debate format here. <laughs> right, so um, all I say is... Uh... I'm doing this on my iPad and it's really small and my eyesight's not very good. So I've actually not read any of the comments. Uh, so I'm going to read them afterwards. I'm feeling a couple of my friends might be on uh, making a bit of trouble in the comments, but uh, so they would only distract me. So I don't know if you're Cooper in, I hope I've represented your point of view. Um, and I hope I've not done a bad job of representing the Cooper in part of the argument. Uh, respect to you for having me on because I was trolling you a bit in the comments. Uh, all the way, I love it. Yeah, no, I think I think a bit of balance is called for. I'm not unconditionally saying um, we should have Steve Cooper as our manager for life. I just think that it would be a very forest thing to do to make a bad decision and reopen the revolving door of managers, which has ruined the last 25 years of this club. Because, you know, it's like every time you bring one in, they're slightly less good than the last one. And then you get a reputation for being, you know, having a trigger happy manager, for not sticking by people, for having unreasonable expectations, living in the past. And then you end up with a bloated squad of the previous managers. And, you know, there wasn't a time over the last 20 years where we haven't um, been paying three managers at a time. We were still paying for Billy Davis two years after we, he was fired, right? Cooper as Cooper had his contract renewed, what was it, for three years, one year ago. So he's still got two years left on his contract now. So, you know, we bring somebody in, we've still got to pay Cooper for two years, right? So, you know, I would prefer to let things run. And, you know, if he's lost the dressing room, if it ever reaches that stage... I feel that he would do the honourable thing and resign, actually. I, I don't think we would ever have to sack him. But He won't know, do I, that. I think, well, I still think that if things go off the rails, he has the capability to turn it around. And the only time... <laughs> they're, they're, they're popping up all over the place now. It's really put me off. The only time I would say... I'll keep him off. Uh... If he's clearly lost the dressing room. And I think we are currently... Far from that, and I think that there might be a significant upside. I think we may end up getting a few people back from injury. Taiwo, Danilo, we might sign another striker in the January window. And we might actually finish the season comfortably and think, what were we talking about back at the end of uh, October? That would be perfect. And uh, get those European passports ready. So... Thank you again so much, Rob. Guys, don't go anywhere because I'm going to push you over to the FPL stream. Ez is back with those FPL streams for you guys. So hope you guys enjoyed this debate. If you want more like this or if there's a specific topic you'd like us to discuss, I've seen a few of you saying, Warrell, let me know. And if you want to come on and Rob, you, I asked you who you wanted to debate. You chose me out of the four goal ones, didn't you? just for clarification for the guys. But if you'd want to debate with Dino or Ant or Rez, just let us know. We'll set it up because there's nothing more fun than chatting Forest. Thank you for watching. Please hit that like button. We'll see you in a second over on the FPL stream. And come on, you Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.